Peace, y'all. You were listening to Infinite Rewind by YFC, your favorite color. That is one thing yeah. I can guarantee you that'll never happen. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, come on, Raul. Think about it. We would not ever need a marketing team again for the rest of our entire musical career. <laughs> I just use this image the... over and over again. Yo, your favorite color is lime green. Come see it. <laughs> yeah. Full 1080p. I'd be doing us some, you know, some justice. How yeah. many, how many, how many, <laughs> how many uh, Dominican lime green onesie NPC wearing <laughs> people do you know in your entire life? No, I don't high, know any, Raul. Is, you could be the first. Yeah, that would be a one of one for sure. Yeah, you're a niche market, bro. And you're just closing that door, man. They didn't even know it. They didn't even know it. That's awesome. You're awesome. Hey. All right, yo. So do we want to get the jump on the horse? Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up. Let's get it. Word. All right. So episode four of Infinite Rewind. We have had the pleasure and the luxury of indulging in Billie Holiday's album, Lady in Satin. Uh, It was released in 1958. Uh, This was her return back to the record company Columbia Records, recorded in NYC. And this album definitely gives me winter in NYC vibes. Uh, Billie Holiday is known for her rich texture, her tone, raspiness to her voice, the album, uh, it's backed by uh, string arrangements, uh, Ray Ellis and his orchestra. And uh, yeah, this album is definitely full of a lot of quotables, man. There's so, there's so many quotes you can pull from this album. So many quotes. Let's start with one of them. What you got, Raul? Ha. Uh, let's see. Love cannot live yet never dies. Oh, she says, love that cannot live yet never dies. She says that on for heaven's sake. Uh, another one is, until you faced each dawn with sleepless eyes. So, you know, she's referring to uh, love and heartbreaks. She says, you don't know what that's like until, you know, you're faced each dawn with sleepless eyes, man. Until you lose sleep, you don't know what love is. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, there is. There is a depth. Like, I remember going to the Grand Canyon once and sitting at the edge and looking down and just, like, imagining the fall and imagining the, the, the impact and the descent and the feeling of, like, losing a sense of perspective on the horizon. Uh, yo, she lives in that feeling throughout this album. It, is, it doesn't feel like she has seen a sunny day in a century. There is so much pain and sadness and distress in her voice. And I'm going to be really interested to see how both of you were able to filter that feeling out because I think it could go both ways from the beginning. You could either see the pain and the strain in her voice and her lyrics as like sad and depressing and almost like worn out, or you can see it more in the vein of like, she's struggling and it's beautiful that she's struggling um that that was really the 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 place that i was in on every single listen is like where how do i even 
process all of this pain and this sadness that this individual is trying to navigate. So I'm interested <laughs> to see what y'all think of that. Yeah, honestly, I took this as I took this as a beautiful highlight of the strength that women possess because she is obviously enraged. First off, throughout the album, and it sounds like a singular relationship, uh, what she is alluding to throughout the album. But it, it feels as if it's something that she is very angry about, but also very calm about. At the core, she's very serene and almost like deviously calm. You know when like someone is, <laughs> you know when someone's like up to no good and they're just like quiet. You know, your kids are in the other room and they're just quiet as hell. You know they're up to no good. So I, I yeah. listening to this album reminded me of of women's strength and then also someone who's almost like I'm down to revisit this, but if you fuck up, I'm gonna cut you straight up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny you bring that up, bro. I was listening to uh, an interview about Billie Holiday, and there's a story of her going to a bar and getting a drink, and this guy walks up to her and looks at the bartender, looks at her, and he says, "Wow." I don't know, the guy's name's like Sal or some shit. He's like, Sal, I, I didn't know y'all serve nigger bitches here. Oh, boy. And she she said, oh, yo, why don't you, uh, why don't we go outside? And as the guy was walking outside, she picked up the chair that he was sitting on and bashed hey, him over the head with it. I love that. I fucking love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's the juxtaposition. Like, she didn't just wild out. Like, she was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yo, let's go outside. Let's talk about that. Bam. Word. Like, yeah, Billy Holiday does kind of, like in between that spectrum yeah she's not right. the one you want to fuck with yeah you get the uh you know it's like a her tonality sweet um just her voice right it's rangy it's sweet it has raspiness which i think is just helps i'll get to it about painting a picture for or helping describe the character that is billy holiday at least you know in this album and maybe you know corresponds with where she was in life when this album was produced but you know, she has a, it's like a sweet tonality, but there isn't any innocence in there. Um, you know, I think she, she's a fighter and you kind of, you get that um, really just in how she delivers. I mean, she's very sharp in her delivery. It's nothing's rounded. Um, she's right in your face. Um, she's not afraid to sing about the things that are, you know, this thing about the blues, you know, about being down and looking up, you know. Um, I think what's it, you know, it's a lot to unpack in this album. Um, and, you know, it's all really filtering through Billie Holiday as a, as a character. You know, I, I thought this was, a, you know, a portrait um, of her. Um, and I know there's a lot of commentary, mixed reset, you know, mixed reactions when this was released about her abilities. But I think it's just a portrait of a lady that at the end of her, at the end of her run, and you could hear it in her voice. You can hear it in the in the songs that she's, you know, just in the songs that she chose. She didn't write any of these songs. These are all handpicked by her to sing. Um, and a lot of the songs are actually being passed around and copied or you know covered by other artists. Frank Sinatra did a number of the ones that she did, just her take on it. Um, you know, another, you know, vocal jazz artist at the time, you know, where they add a little bit more spruce, a little more life to it, you know, more pop and swing. And while she takes it from a real, you know, looking from the bottom up, takes it and, and puts that color on it. it it's a, it's a beautiful album. 
um, I, I can keep going right here. We can kind of split off and start talking about specifics, but you know, to me, this was definitely a story. This album to me was, was a, was a, uh, was it was a story about her um, and her really, you know, I, I guess we'll listen to this. This is just, this is the images that came to mind. I mean, you look at like a, you, you set yourself up Billy holiday, even if you just know about this era, you're thinking smoky jazz club, you know, you know speakeasy and she's up on stage. People are in the crowd. Uh, the spotlight comes down and focuses on her. The band is nowhere to be seen. And she starts singing, you know, again, smoky, hazy vibe or smoky, hazy setting. And then all of a sudden, you know, for me, you know, I don't stay in that club. When she starts singing, I'm transported outside on a sunny day. Mm. These like big, vague images of of this heroine, like walking in a world that to me seems fine. And it's like blue it's not like sunshine and rainbows but it's na- it's natural you know, like a grotto and all these birds uh bunnies the animals that are commonplace in that setting just normal day-to-day uh you know nothing exotic just animals kind of stalking her running along with her as she walks through the grass trees and flowers and plants you know all kind of beaming up at her pulling towards her like she's a she is the sun she's gravity things are pulling her way and she's singing about things that affect her and sadness and gloom, but it's almost like the world outside of it isn't really on the same page. Um, you know, as if it's like, it's like pretending to sympathize with her, but it's really just her. She's the one that she's isolated alone. And you, you know, she's the one feeling this way. It's, it's tragic. Uh, you really do feel like she's alone, you know, and she's the main character of this album. It feels like every song just it's like Groundhog's Day style. It's like mm. you finish as the song finishes, you're back in the club, and then the next song begins, and you're taken out of the club and you're brought to a similar setting. Mm. And you just can't help but feel empathetic. Um, you know, I want to help her, but you know, I don't. I don't. It's just it's, just, it's beautiful. You know, that's that's my best take on it. <laughs> you know, music creates all these images in your head, and they're vague, they're big, they're small, they're not clear, um, but. You know, it's the beauty of it. It just creates, it's like reading, it just creates these, yeah. these images and you run with it. Yeah. I think, I think it's dope that we can listen to the same album and have different outtakes on it. Like you're, you're, you're painting a picture scenery of, you know, beautiful weather out, sunny grass is green, bunnies hopping around. And what's funny is that when I listen to this, I feel like I'm in a place that's cold, like listening to it. I honestly felt like I was in, the middle of Times Square in New York in a blizzard and you know she pops up out of nowhere and she's singing with her band in the middle of the street and I'm experiencing it while I'm just fucking freezing my balls off sipping from <laughs> some hot cocoa you know <laughs> I, th- I think I think that perhaps what's painting a uh, joyful blissful backdrop is definitely the orchestration man there's yeah some, there's something yes. about strings and live orchestration that just makes things feel joyful um and maybe for me it was it was her contrasting voice that made it feel darker for me yes absolutely no i agree i think it for me it was the orchestra 
it was like musical theater, you know, it had this like swing and sway of like things were just unpacking, unfolding in front of you. It, it felt, I don't know, compared to like a Disney movie, but it kind no, of felt like good, a, yeah. theatrical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it had, it had that, that type of, that type of feel. And then this is your main character. This is your Disney princess. And she's con- completely the op- feeling the opposite. <laughs> it was because created this like, you know, contrast. I mean, we talked about it last week with, um, you know, reggae. It's like the music is one direction, yet the, the message is another. And it's like, just creates this, combined creates this really moving for piece. sure yeah a unique that was on display here definitely yeah. unique man yeah and i think if you go back and watch any disney movie from the 30s 40s or 50s snow white cinderella any of those things they all start out with a very similar instrumental backdrop which is this almost like rising of the sun strings are waking up violins are coming in like it it does have a very um like big landscape to the instrumentation and that i think is supposed to make you all inside like wake up as well to what's about to happen so i think that was very poignant and uh intentional by billy holiday and i think it's interesting to know about her life and then know this was her last album because if you go to listen back some of her older stuff it's definitely more up tempo more swing uh and definitely more chaotic so to raul's point it's very interesting that we all have different images of what the instrumentation feels like because to me it feels like billy holiday is like coming in crashing into this like garden of beauty <laughs> like, like oh shit how did i get just, here? <laughs> like like she's just mangled up beat down and she's just landed and she's coming up and she's looking like she's like oh my goodness like this is beautiful like i need something this serene because i am just this ball of chaos and tension and anger and hurt and actually like this is way better than all the loudness that was coming before like yes i'm a vocal jazz artist and by nature i'm supposed to be this instrument of not adhering to norms and not being on beat and you know vocal jazz is all about like being a step a mini step behind the beat or a mini step in front of the beat and uh, there was just so much chaos and like my life is just ridiculous but yeah let me just hang out with these strings like let me hang out with something delicate let me be with something bro you say blizzard i imagine more like soft snow than like torrential downpour because i think she wants something that delicate i think she's so tired in this album that anything more intense and chaotic than simple strings and simple violin, I don't think she'd be able to, to match it. And I, I would argue that I don't think she would be good at matching it at this point in her career. I think one of my biggest takeaways uh, in a negative way for Billie Holiday is I actually feel like she sounded more tired than lively. I, I thought her voice wasn't as punchy as it was in the past. And this goes back to that whole argument. Like, do you think that's a good thing because it shows the pain more or are you turned off by that because you think that, you know, she left something on the table, like she could have given more here. So yes, I definitely am with the whole, like, this is delicate. This is more serene. At the same time, to me, Billie Holiday just sounded tired of all of the mess and her voice 
I think Libby described it as like sweet. I struggle with sweet. I, I don't think this is sweet. I think this is tired. I think this is like crumpled up. I think she's not coming off as lively. And maybe it's because huh. she's tired. Maybe because she spent 20 years drinking, smoking, like just beating her body up and being beat up by life. But I got more tired than um lively, for sure. Yeah, or maybe it's a different type of sweet, you know? Like there's, uh, for example, there's sweet wine that's not your actual sweet it's just a proper balance in what in what you're drinking uh, i i don't i don't think it's yes i think that what we're hearing is her voice a little aged but she's you know she's definitely she had a, a long-lasting career that she was professionally singing and such for over 30 40 years and that we definitely mm-hmm. noticed that in this album but I don't. I don't think it's to shy away from it. I think it speaks to her experiences. I think it speaks to her just being a long-lasting figure. Um, yeah. yeah. We we did we didn't we didn't catch her best vocal performances for sure. But I appreciate hearing uh, artists that age, and the listener can hear that throughout the years. Yes, I. I there's value in that. I think it's beautiful. Um, I'm not a, I don't have a catalog of Billy Holiday. Uh, I just say I haven't really paid, I dabbled <laughs> in Billy Holiday. You so should, you should really, listen to the song I, by her name, Strange Fruit, if you haven't. I was, yeah, I was looking up the, um, it was like a, a subject or maybe one of the main premises. Amazing. And then the movie. It's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I got to check it out. I got to, I want to go back and listen to some of the younger stuff and it'll just help paint a picture but but, well i feel like this album tells it all it's just like without knowing the rest it's just an artist that has come to the end of the road she's exhausted she's tired exhausted um and you know she's it's almost like she knows it's it's over i mean it ends the last song of the album is i'll be around it's like (laughs) just a farewell you know like i'll be here i'll always be around um when you, you audience, you America, you know, change your mind. Like, and you love me, I'll still be here. Um, you know, fascinating closer, given since she passed away um, shortly right after recording this album. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, this, this album is a piece of art in and of itself of an aging, dying woman. Huh. Uh, yeah. That's, you know, and, and like it's on full display. I think it's her voice is sweet because it's unique to me, but it was definitely, I mean, I would imagine she didn't always sound like this. And based on commentary, it sounds like, you know, her voice weakened over time because of her self abuse. Right. So um, if it's sweet now, it's definitely fucking super sweet, like real uh, early on in her career, I would imagine. Yeah. Here we are, and you know it's raspy, it's beaten, it's weathered, yet still really, really pretty. Yeah, um, yeah. You know what? In, in... Sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. I'm done. Um, what I was gonna say is, you kind of, you kind of provided a whole different uh, perspective for me a moment ago. You opened up a chamber for me, Libby. I appreciate it. What if this album? What this is all about, what baby. If this album is not necessarily about a relationship with a person, but her relationship with the music industry. Yeah, the world. Right. That is her world, right? Right. Yeah. You know, 
it, she she's kind of going through the roller coaster of emotions and and towards the end she's kind of reminiscing thinking back like shit do i want to continue doing this do i want to dabble back in this so in a sense if you, if you if you consider the album and the lyrics and how they how the sequence happens throughout the album i feel like this could be compared to her relationship with the music industry man yeah, a little Billie Holiday history for you all. So she was obviously really into drinking and super into drugs and heroin. And she got arrested, I believe, two or three times for possession of heroin. And when they brought her to jail, there's some card that you have to, I think it's called a cabaret card that you had to have to perform in nightclubs. So when she went to jail and she came back out of jail, they took that card away from her. So she couldn't perform in this venue that she was a comfortable and be very lucrative in. And she could basically just do like <laughs> things at like a lunch buffet, like things that she wasn't really that comfortable with and more like theater, theater orchestra stuff. So to some extent she got her comfort zone pulled away from her. And I'm, I guess I, I, I appreciate your, willingness to explore this relationship with the music industry as like the music industry kind of beat her down. Um, I guess I struggle to really consider it to be the music industry's fault. Yes, obviously she was writing songs in a capitalistic society. So you have to assume some white guy was at the top profiting off of Billie Holiday's music. Um, but yeah, she was making a lot of money and she was spending a lot of money on drinking and drugs. So I bet it's bittersweet for her to be like looking back on her career and wondering like, yo, did I do this to myself or was this done to me? I, it, it seems like she feels like it was done to her yeah, and she feels very wronged by that. Yeah. And, and, and it, I don't think it necessarily was reflecting back on her music career, but maybe, maybe the lifestyle, because the lifestyle is very demanding. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I and I'm sure she was frequently performing places, um, probably frequently getting smashed on whatever substance you can imagine. Yeah, which I think all speaks to her sound during this album. And I I, I guess I didn't do much uh, history researching on on Billie Holiday, which it, you know, your anecdotes definitely make more sense. And and with that in, in mind. Yeah, some yeah. of that stuff definitely gives good good context to it. Um, yeah, let's talk about the instrumentation for a little bit. I'm I'm interested to hear what y'all think about this because I know that we have some positive feelings about the cheeriness and like the orchestra bringing this light and this cinematic feel to it. Uh, did you all feel like the instrumentation was dynamic? and varied or more on the side of monotonous and I guess predictable? Uh, I'll jump right in. I think more of the latter, I wouldn't call it monotonous. I just think, you know, calculated, um, you know, just she finishes and all of a sudden there's a quick trumpet solo or like a playback. So she sings a verse and then it's like a riff from, you know, something. And then, yeah, it was, it was just, uh, what was, what did you just, what was, what did you just say? Uh, expected, uh, predictable. Yeah, it was just, you know, I thought it was calculated and yet predictable. 
um the whole album really instrumentally for me it just there wasn't anything one thing in the album that jumped out to me like oh my god this is so different than the rest it just seemed like the same thing so the album to me was monotonous in form uh when it comes to instrumentation and she's the lead instrument her range you know her delivery her punch her phrasing really caught me how sharp she was um when she came in and when she stopped, you know, her breathing patterns, like that, that's, that, that's the focus on the rest of it was just kind of, uh, background, you know, I mean, it definitely set the stage as we talked about for, uh, you know, images and, and, and whatnot, but it, really the instrumentation aside from Billy Holiday, wasn't really much to write home about. I think I, I thought it was too much at times. I'm not one for musical theater to begin with. Um, you thought it was too much? Like, I can't handle all this? Uh, just, yeah, I thought it was saturated. You know, just, uh, it, it, well, yeah, I guess too much, like, yeah, like, I don't know, like, I, just, like this is too much of the same, you know? Not not too much, like, oh, my God, turn it off. I just thought it was, like, too much of the same. But then you realize that the album is set up, deliberately set up this way, and then, you let your guard down a little bit more and you take it for what it is. And then you realize that it really is mostly the same with a few different runs from a couple of different instruments. And so who you really want to focus on is Billie Holiday. Not only is she the main character of the story, she's the lead instrument. Mm. You know, so it's hard to, hard to ignore her. When you focus in on her, then you notice the beauty, uh, the imperfections uh, that are in there and how real it is, how real she is just as an, as a vocalist, as an instrument in the band. I mean, the tremolo, it's really you know, how she projects her voice. Uh, that's powerful. That's common, but that just reminds you how real it is. And then you can hear her, you know, smack her lips or as they peel open for her to sing, you hear the, like the saliva spread and it just has, it's just a beautiful, uh, beautiful little beauty mark that goes, that, that adds to it. Like she's preparing to belt it out. And what comes out of her is this, you know, I keep saying sweet. I know it's just, it's kind of raspy and old, but like it just, it's, it's nice, man. It's very nice. Pleasant. All of it, all of that, all of her is, you know, is pleasant to listen to. Um, the band, the orchestra just kind of just set the stage, you know. She's the sun. The rest of everyone else was just planets revolving around her. And yeah. None of them. They're all about the same size to me. Yeah, <laughs> no one planet that's bigger than the other. Yeah, I know. I know that that was their intent um, to kind of build around her, the the orchestrator at least. Um, so this, the album was kind of form fitted around her. Um, but no, I agree that there there really wasn't much experimentation uh, as far as the composition of of the songs. And, and it's honestly something that takes away some points for me because, yeah, some of the songs even sound similar um, throughout mm -hmm. the album. And it was hard to even differentiate one from another at times. Um, I would have loved to have heard an actual band play along with them. Um, you know, this was obviously an orchestrated album, which, you know, we hear... The string arrangements, the, the the brass section, and very very minimal percussion, which is really just like a uh, like a, a hi hat. But I would have loved to have heard some additional uh, instruments on this to make it feel more uh, 
more of the percussive side of jazz as opposed to the orchestration variant of jazz. Yeah, and and I wonder if that is just this particular album. I I know that the idea of vocal jazz is to really have the voice be the main instrument and have it be the most dynamic force on there. So I, I think maybe this album is a bit more unique in the sense of, yeah, it's like a jazz, vocal jazz album because it's Billie Holiday. But in terms of instrumentation, this is more like musical theater, to use Libby's phrase. Um yeah, I, I guess I, I I feel I feel like Billy Holiday got pulled over by the cops and instead of having her music blasting, she turned her music all the way down. As you should in this very chaotic scene that she is coming from. And we kinda got this experience of Billy just being like solemn and quiet and like needing the monotony and like needing the consistency and needing this thing to just kind of sound the same. But I think that also detracts from the album because some of the songs just bleed in together to use Raul's phrase. They, some of the songs do sound very similar, like similar BPMs, similar instrumentation. Uh, sometimes it's like the same exact type of format for each song. Um, so yeah, I, I wonder what the decision making was for that, but it definitely took points away from me to consider the instrumentation to be as repetitive and monotonous as it was like, wouldn't it have helped if you varied things up a little bit? Couldn't that have acts? Couldn't you have brought an instrumental palette that accented the songs in different ways to make it more vibrant? and stand out and make things more memorable but maybe she just maybe she just wanted this like 45 minute song because it feels more like that to me than individual islands it's like here's this one long feeling yeah and i'm gonna explore the peaks and valleys of that and i'm gonna do it in a restaurant and all the tables are gonna have the same white tablecloth the same glasses and everyone's gonna have the same meal but i'm gonna just you know, show you that I can be this person and yeah. be this simple, but I'm still me. That was a bit of a struggle for me going through it to find that to be as beautiful as I think you all think it is. Mm. Yes, no, I, this is definitely to me, take on this is one piece of music, one long song, one piece of art capturing her feelings you know i i think it's cool and that uh she she handpicked these songs right like she didn't write any of these so mm -hmm. she picked a collection of songs that's that meant something to her at that moment or maybe the years leading up to that moment so. yeah and that isn't that's not a takeaway for me i'm completely okay with other artists writing songs for other people like michael jackson didn't write billy jean like I, that does not mean Billie Jean is not a better song. Like, And that's something that we're going to experience a lot, I think, as we explore these vocal jazz albums. A lot of these songs are written by other people. Like Frank Sinatra wrote the first song on this album. Doesn't take away from it, but I think some people... I think if you come from the hip-hop rap perspective, you kind of have to get over that bias. You know, There's this whole idea of ghostwriting being this negative thing in rap. Uh, 
but that's because it's a different genre. I think in this time, it wasn't seen as something negative. Right. Yeah, and I think that they, they were very that that was at least the orchestrator's intent to make this feel like one body of work. And I think they executed, you know, the the you know the focal point, the the highlight of this was Billie Holiday. And although it was towards the end of her career, I th- I think it was dope that they you know were able to capture her emotions and her delivery and build around it properly. Um, I I think the orchestration works well with where she was in her career. Although there are things that I I can think of that I would have improved it. That's just me thinking as a fucking producer. Um, Also, speaking of which, uh, I don't know, Ben, if you heard this at all, uh, like intended on sampling it, but yo, some of these uh, songs sound dope as fuck sped up, yo. And it it, 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 yeah. it immediately makes me think of beats that I could make. So I, I would listen to this from a producer trying to flip samples perspective. You, you're going to find some gems. Yeah, I think her voice, her voice pitched up would be this really like demonic angel combination, like a, a, a goblin with wings that has a halo. <laughs> like it would fit nicely in that yeah. line. For um, sure, for sure. I started to sample... Uh, I'm a fool to want you, and uh, for all we know, so I gotta. I'm gonna revisit them. Send the beat, yeah. bro. Yeah, send, send it. I'd love to gotcha. listen to that. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah, all in all, man, I enjoyed the album. Um, I enjoyed it as a one, as a singular piece. Um, was not what I was expecting, but I gotta get over that with this whole with the with what we're <laughs> Yo, doing. Yo, Libby says that for every single. I was what I was expecting, man. Like, well, we're talking about vocal jazz. I was, you know, I was like, okay, cool, boom. Then we get into it. It's like very theater, like, like <laughs> oh, you know, they're gonna drop all expect, you know, all preconceived notions of what we're getting into. You know, it's the same thing when we jumped into um, the first week of reggae. I was like, whoa, this is. This is like pure substance, like tomato juice that doesn't, it's fucking clear, you know? Like, I'm used to ketchup, man. That shit's red. You know what? This isn't tomato juice. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, I think it's tough to drop the preconceived notions. I feel like you have to just like put your arm around them and be like, all right, yo, I'm bringing my preconceived notions to every single album. I'm going to name them. I'm yeah. going to own them. And yes, they might try to run away, but I'm going to snatch that and bring it back and say, we're going to get through this together. Don't leave me preconceived <laughs> notions because, yeah, we, we we bring that to every album. Every album we listen to, it's like we're bringing our bias. Like we want Billy to sound a certain way. We the, the title of the album makes us feel a certain way based off of our bias. Um, I don't think we're ever going to listen to an album or listen to a genre and have every objective perspective handled and compartmentalized and like perfectly calculated to be like yo this is how i feel about it and it's in line with the way it was supposed to be like not man we're just (laughs) we're just swinging from subjective limbs the whole time and i think it's good i think it's fine yeah for sure and i think it's beautiful to add how dope would it be though if we could kind of like almost like a blind test listen to albums without knowing who it is who composed it, nothing, at least for the first couple of listens, so that those initial thoughts are kind of uninfluenced. 
that's just a side. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of how I felt listening to the third Samba album that we listened to. Uh, yeah. Novos Binos. Correct. Never heard of them. Never listened to a Samba album. And it was just this explosion in my brain. Like, yo, what? <laughs> yeah. I just figured like someone pressed the red button on the ship of my brain and everyone was just <laughs> running around like, yo, what do we do? Where's the manual? Every Save the women and children. It was just like a chaotic moment for me listening to that album. Uh, but with the Billie Holiday album, I think uh, there was a little more baggage, a little more understanding coming into it. So it wasn't as chaotic. For sure. As someone who's referenced a lot, I feel like I've heard a mentions of Billie Holiday in hip hop so frequently, dude. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I can't speak to that. But she's just like, she's, um, she's very pleasant, man. I, I was playing again last night, right, in preparation for today. And Devin's like, is this the album you're studying this week? I said, yes, it is. She said, it's really pleasant. <laughs> it's really pleasant. Mm. I'm like, I agree with you. It is pleasant and relaxing. Yeah, it's, it's the calming rage, bro. It's the calming scotch. rage of Billie yeah. Holiday, yo. She's, she's rageful inside. It's almost like a tornado, yo. You know how the eye of the tornado is very fucking calm? That is Billie Holiday in this album, bro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a snapshot, and it's a you know, at the right, at the perfect moment, you know. Yeah, it's like uh, if you have a fire, you know that after the flames go out, like the embers are still Fast. very hot, like, like that. You don't want to get close to that. That's that's such a hot part of the fire, and that's what it feels like. We're just basking in the embers of Billy Holiday. Beautiful imagery, man. All right, ready for uh, final thoughts and ratings? Let's do it. All right, uh, I will go first. I thought this album was a four to me. Beautiful. A what? A four. Hey, let me, let me preface. I, I never met a four I didn't like. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay? So this is like a, this is like a chicken, chicken broccoli Alfredo pizza. I'll fucking eat it. And I'll eat all of it, and I'll go back yo, for another slice. Yo, Alfredo for real, I'm so insulted. Yo, I'm just well. Let hear me out. Like it's not my favorite, but I'll eat it, and it'll fill me up, and I'll be satisfied. But I'm not going to order that. I'll never order it. I'm more of a buffalo chicken guy. I'm more of a barbecue chicken. I'll just do plain cheese sometimes. I won't order a chicken Alfredo pizza on my own. Um, but like I said, if it's there, I'm going to eat it. And I'll eat it again, and I like it. It doesn't mean I don't like it. I like it. It's satisfying. This album satisfied me. Um, and, you know, again, it took a couple of listens to really start to get it all. But, um, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. But it wasn't something that was, like, like knocked my socks off. And, wow, like, I appreciate it. I appreciate it as a single piece. Um, but, you know, I think... Well, there's two things. There's, you know, I think it's a put it down as a four because I really didn't like tickle my my you know make my my junk tingle, so to speak. But you know, it was just good. It was it was it was a pleasant, easy listen. Um, but I'm sure I can find a lot of that also in this genre, just like it. Um, I enjoyed listening to the story and getting to know the character um, and the images. But it wasn't like I don't know. It wasn't really for me. It wasn't anything to take write home about um 
but like I said, I enjoyed it. Mm. Um, that's that. And also too, I think I need to be a little bit more consistent in my, my ratings. I'm rating some things a little higher and this is, this is completely isolated. This is something I have to keep in mind. Sometimes I'm like one end of the spectrum and then I'll like give a low rating, but I actually really like, like, I doesn't mean I don't like it. It's just, no, I think I just need to get a little tighter uh, moving forward. But I'd already made my mind up that this was a four. And um, that's where I'm Well, I just want to throw it out there that I, I love chicken broccoli Alfredo pizza. In fact, I would love to know where you would, I would love to know where Facts. you rank that. But that's, that's a side note. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll start a whole new podcast. Seriously. We'll rank pizzas. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so for me, I did find this album enjoyable. I think that they executed. I love albums that sound and feel very much like the emotion like the theme uh it, it sound this sounds like one complete solid idea all the way through uh a theme that they drove home um there are there are some things that i take away from it you know we just we talked about the instrument instrumentation i wish it was a little more uh jazzy band playing along with it um i uh, unfortunately, her voice wasn't immaculate as it was once. Um, I'm going to rate this album a seven. Um, and and uh, on a side note, I just want to throw this out there for the fact, for the sake of being factual, is that uh, going back to Michael Jackson, I think Ben mentioned it. Uh, Michael Jackson did write Billie Jean, by the way. He did write all of Billie he wrote, Jean. He wrote himself. and composed Billie Jean, and then. Uh, Quincy helped him produce it, but it's one of not many songs that he actually had a hand in writing on Thriller. Okay, I know that Quincy Jones wrote a majority of Thriller. I just assume that Quincy Jones, being the Goliath of songwriting that he is, that For he sure. would have written arguably the most. Actually, no, I would say Thriller is the most popular song of Michael Jackson's career. Um, but all right, good. Now, if anyone ever says that, I'll be happy to outwoke them. So thank you, Raul, my man. <clears throat> um, all right. So I have a family member who is a fantastic individual because of his stories. Now, his stories on a 15, 20 minute experience are very captivating. The issue with my particular family member stories is that they all seem very similar. And if you were going to drive to Boston, 30 minute drive, perfect person to drive to Boston with. But if you drove with this dude to New York, one of you would jump out of the car because the, sto- the, the stories are just the same. And it falls into this rhythm and it is uh, so consistently the same that it becomes boring after a while to listen to these stories. And that is how I felt listening to Billie Holiday's album. I felt like two or three songs of this style, of this narrative, of this instrumentation structure, I could do that. But a whole 45 minutes of this monotony to me was a huge takeaway. The lyrics, I think, had some very cute images at times. I really liked Violets for Your Fur. To me, I thought that um, magnified the most uh, visual images of like different colors and schemes and the po- there was some poetry to it. The rest of it did seem like these are just thoughts with beautiful instrumentation. Um, I did, she has a specific line where she's talking about one of the kisses uh, being adorned by Satan. I thought that was really cool. So I felt like she had the potential to 
I guess maybe pick songs with more evocative lyrics, but I don't think that's where Billy was at at the time. And I think I want more of the dynamic Billy. I want more of the adventurous Billy. And if you're looking for the adventurous Billy in this album, you're not going to get it. You're going to get the Billy that is living in that cloud of the come down. She's living in that arena of breakup. She's really like trying to stabilize herself. So if you're looking for something to stabilize you and like put you in a reflective, melancholy, snowy mood, this album would be, I think, ideal for that. But even with that stage, I felt like there could have been more from the instrumentation and more from Billy. So I'm going to hang out with a five because it's still Billy Holiday. There's still that, uh, what was, what, how'd you say it, Raul? That like focused anger, that calm, like precision. Like you still feel that there and you still feel the, the prettiness occasionally of the instrumentation. But I think there could have been more dynamic to complement it. So I will hang out out of five and i will also say that uh libby you and i have some serious beef if you don't like broccoli chicken alfredo pizza <laughs> and the fact that you put it at a four oh you wildin'. oh man you wildin', son um <laughs> all right so in terms of our next album we are going to be going in a bit more of a peppy up-tempo type of vibe. I'm sure everyone is familiar with my man Louis Armstrong and his, uh, you know, junkyard dog, big low barrel type of vocal performance. So I'm excited to explore uh, his album with Ella Fitzgerald, who is arguably one of the most popular vocal jazz uh, female singers of the time. And they did an album, they did several albums together, but we're going to be listening to an album called Ella and Louise. Louis? Louise? I want to say Louise, <laughs> but I think you would just say Louis as well. Ella and Louis. Um, the, the album cover is like super charming. They both look like they, they're just like waking up to make pancakes in the morning uh, on a Sunday. So we are going to be diving into that vocal jazz experience Swag. for next week. Swag. All right. Great. All right. Yeah, man. Thank you for listeners for joining us on this deep magical dive on Lady in Satin by Billie Holiday. Uh, We drop weekly, so stay tuned for the next one. All right. Peace and love, y'all.